he just waved at you? He wasn't even feeling shame? How do you like my plums? Plums? Just checking. Hello again and welcome. Thanks for joining us under the library. As always, we are continuing our Blood on the Rocks module, created and written by our very own keeper. I'm your host, my name's Arthur, and I am playing Harold. Tonight we are still short one Rick. He's still traveling, it's very sad. Um, but we do have the other five crew here. Chris is playing Bo, Wayne is Quentin, Emily is Florence, Scott's Yocker, and as always, our amazing keeper is Michael. Michael, take it away. I, I think I can learn how to unmute at some point. <laughs> that was amazing. I was like, oh my God, is anybody hearing me? Am I just like talking? <laughs> no one told me I was muted? I think... <laughs> well, uh, are you going to do the introduction now? <laughs> Art, did you see the message? We're such pros. Uh, <laughs> I did not. Thank you for joining us under the library. Uh, under the library is a, is it a mature? It's for mature audiences. It's a horror tabletop role-playing game for mature audiences by immature people. We have bodily horror, graphic violence, swear words, and uh, insanity. Clearly, and, and super professional podcasters. Absolutely, yes. On top of our game tonight, and with that, I will gladly turn this over to Emily, aka Florence, for the recap of last week's episode. All right. So last week we started out with Quentin. It's see you, Quentin. With Quentin in the basement. <laughs> oh, he's in the bathroom. Close the goddamn door. Oh, sweet Jesus! Oh, no. Close. There you go. <laughs> So, toilet. Oh my God! You didn't even wipe. <laughs> I'll spill me soon. Okay. So Quentin in the basement is experiencing. Uh, well, he's having an experience. He travels backwards through time. His mind speeds, seeing humans devolve and. Um, then dinosaurs and then just blackness and he sees some blue glowing figures on the horizon who are at war with each other this is some kind of trip he's on but then he reverses zooms forward in history and ends up sitting at a table with his icon his uh herman melville his favorite author of his favorite novel moby, moby dick and they have a conversation where Quentin actually ends up almost feeding the story from Moby Dick to Melville, who takes copious notes. And at the same time, while he is in this special place, uh, Florence is peering down into the basement, having pulled up the ladder last time. And she sees a beam of light coming down the tunnel, sees Quentin speaks to Quentin and they have a conversation where she expresses her discomfort with his actions and he assures her that he will do no harm. And I should mention at this point, 
Quentin is being voiced by our keeper. Mm. And That's not suspicious. Finally, not Florence totally decides she can't leave him in the basement without a better reason than her discomfort. So she drops the ladder. Quentin climbs up and abruptly as he crosses that threshold, switches from his clarity and sincerity to babbling about Moby Dick and Melville, like a crazy person. And um, we, he passes out, wakes up again, starts babbling again. Florence covers his mouth, trying to silence him because if you remember, we had heard Gerald, who was previously unconscious, moving around in the other room and humming to himself. So we need to figure out what's going on in the living room. Um, moving into the living room, we find Gerald, who is trying to remove a little box from his throat with massive tongs. And Harold and Florence uh, go to look for the journal that uh, Florence wanted to grab while Quentin tries to use his medical background to help Gerald. And Gerald lets him do this, but goes strangely limp while Quentin pulls the box from his throat. Like, this would have hurt. And he was just limp upper body, totally still, showing no signs of discomfort. And after... I guess I should have mentioned uh, strange that Quentin didn't recognize Gerald considering that he knocked him out. But at this moment, he places his face. All of his actions come floating back to him, including the second blow to the head that Florence and Harold didn't even know about where Quentin really wanted to make sure the job was done and whacked him again with the rifle before following us downstairs. That was the sound of the breaking watermelon Florence heard from the basement and um quentin basically channels his Poor hero Scott. ahab the worst <laughs> game i've ever played in my life uh in his search for his nemesis the white whale he feels that gerald represents this idea and he must stop him to stop the evil and he snaps his neck so quentin bursts out of the house admits what he's done. We go back in to see what happened to Gerald. He is definitely dead. He is slumped on the table with dark liquid, just pooling beside his head. His spine is protruding from his neck. And while Harold works to remove signs of our presence. Um, Scott's faces are amazing. <laughs> I'm not even sure I said those things. I think she's just doing this to torture you now, Scott. No. Everything's written. Yeah, I, I take remember, the notes. I remember the spine protruding I, I do, from I the neck. Too. Oh, yeah, it was there. Oh, um, it was a juicy spine with like little spinal fluid dripping out the sides. Yeah. No, it wasn't actually out of the neck. It was It was sort of a bulge on the side. It Bulging. was still under the skin. Yeah. Oh, okay. But then, Gotta get like, the fine oh. points. But then Quentin thought maybe it was a pimple and he like squeezed it. <laughs> anyway so as we leave the house um we make an agreement because it's very important to harold to make sure the animals in the basement are taken care of so we all agree that we'll go back to town get Bo and yocker 
and head back to get those animals out of the basement so that they don't just starve down there in their cages. So back in town, Bo and Yocker are looking for the other group of people who may have lost a loved one to the flying creatures. And they find a woman screaming, Sammy, little Sammy, as people are supporting her. And um, in the conversation, Yocker realizes that this was not the first time that this happened. A couple years ago, he heard rumors of something, but assumed that it, you know, couldn't be really be creatures snatching people. There were local legends, and now he realizes that Yes, it was real. This is the second time. He also takes a sample of sticky stuff from the crying woman's shoulder. And um, as they leave the group, Bo remembers to share the blank book with Yocker that he took from the corpse of Jack, not Crab, Jack Willis. And uh, they head back to Seraphim Falls to examine the book, blank pages, holding a candle behind the page evil shoots through bow he sees bodies decompose no 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 i actually touch it okay i was running my fingers across it uh like braille trying to see if i could feel the indentations oh into i did write indentations impressions thank you okay so anyway bow is struck with dacnomania which i had to google and uh, starts singing a Thanksgiving song in that moment. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. I don't remember what you were singing or why. So Thanksgiving is a singing holiday? It uh, was a song about Thanksgiving. Veins between my teeth. Kill, <laughs> kill, of kill. How could I not remember Alice's Restaurant? Um. Bo pulls out a pistol with intent to kill someone, storms out, and uh, goes looking for Jack Crab. And he hears across the square, I'm your Huckleberry. I can't do it. I've never seen it. I'm sorry. I'm if your you, Huckleberry. If you had yeah. seen it, could you do it then? No, because I can't do voices. I mean, if I just can heard it, I could do it Can you give it, it one more shot? No, you Wait, do it, and then a, I'll do what you did. You're pretty much almost there. Yeah. No, somebody yeah, yeah, else say it, it, and then I'll say what you said. give it one more shot. We all want to be really quiet and listen. Give it one more yeah. shot. Here we go. Go, go, Emily. No, you say it, and I'll say what you said. I'm your Huckleberry. I who am I'm your Huckleberry. Huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to have a model. That's where we ended. All right. <laughs> Bo, you're in the street. It's nighttime. Yeah. Yeah, at a distance. I heard I'm, I'm your Huckleberry. I see that. I'm your Huckleberry. See, there you, I, go. you know, I need a yeah. model. <laughs> Art just took a screenshot right there. <laughs> and I'm <Maybe>. uh... <laughs> I've got my uh, my shotgun at my side, but I don't have it pointed. Okay. I'm just carrying it. And I start uh, striding purposely towards the uh, the voice. And I say, uh, Jack Crab, is that you? At your service. Well, Mr. Crab, I haven't seen you in years. How you doing? I'm going to be about right better in about five seconds. 
Yeah, and I keep walking, I keep walking, keep walking. Puts his keep... hand on his on his on the hilt of his pistol. Yeah, yes, sir. You probably don't even recognize me. I wouldn't miss you for the world, Bo. Bo, really? Oh no, you see, sir. Bo is dead. You killed Bo. <laughs> I'm Bo's ghost. Come back to haunt your ass. I ain't never seen a ghost that couldn't fall in the dirt. Oh, you tried to shoot me. You see if you can kill a ghost. Okay, how close am I? Am, am I? <laughs> now. Uh, let's see. You've been walking this whole time. Let's say nice long strides. Yeah, let's say we'll give you 30 feet. How's that? 30 feet? Okay. I well, I uh, uh, Mr. Crab, I I have something I've been wanting to discuss with you for the longest time. Well, it, it goes Make a little a, bit it goes a little bit like this and I pull up my shotgun and fire. Okay. Uh roll the hit. Okay, let me call up my uh my thing here so i see what i'm doing okay blah 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 uh 32 out of 70 that is um uh that is a hard success yocker where are you uh he said, oh. not to, he said not to follow oh remember i yelled at yocker and told him i'd yeah. kill him if he Yocker's didn't get out of my way Still in okay. Seraphim Falls, unless he yeah. followed. Yeah. So what I no, all I was gonna do was because I, you know, I respect Bo. I want to give Bo a space. Um, he seemed really upset. So, you know, I was gonna put the book down and then sort of walk and look out the door to see if I could see where Bo's going. Not just a little upset. I think you would have noticed I was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was never were, that harsh to you before. Something's irate. Yeah, something's really up. Uh, so. 10 points of damage at that and range. So the body in front of you turns and just flops into the ground. Yaker, where are you? Are um, you so I would have been looking out the door. Okay. So uh, make a listen roll to see if you can hear the shotgun. <laughs> he definitely heard the shotgun. Uh, all right, I rolled a 41. Hold on. Less than or greater than, equal to. Nah, I missed. Okay. Uh, so you, the the sounds are obscured by the shotgun blast. You're kind of peeking your head around the corner. But but what you hear or, uh, or think you hear under that shotgun blast is something to the akin of don't shoot. Uh-oh. Hmm. Okay, Bo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you dirty, dirty devil, you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I uh, I stride right up to the body. It's uh, laying face down, is it? Yeah. Okay, I, uh, I, I take the pistol that I definitely see there, whether it's there or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grab the pistol, and uh, I throw it to the side. Okay. And... Uh, I uh, kick the body over with my foot so it's uh, lying on its back. Okay. 
Make a pal roll as you do this. Okay. Uh, yep, 30 out of 60. So that's a hard success. Okay. Uh, and so as you as you kick the body, you're kind of jolted back. Uh, you hear some women screaming around you and the face as the body kind of flips over. The, the body looks like Jack, but as the body flips over, the face turns into definitely another man's face and then back into Jack's face. Okay, for a moment I go, what the hell kind of deviltry is this? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you did, Jack Crab. What sort of black magic you you have now in your in your power? But uh, uh, you owe me some gold that you stole from me. Uh, I hope you haven't uh, spent it all on uh, on whiskey. Now you tell me where it is. And and this figure just is kind of bleeding out the mouth. His chest is pretty much open. <clears throat> So and I'm, uh, as soon as I heard the gun dying shot, there on the I'm dirt. coming running out. Okay. And so, Yaker, you're watching Bo kind of grabbing this dead body on the ground. It is so nighttime. Just with my feet. I've still got the shotgun oh, okay. pointed right at his All head. Right. So then that's what you see. You see Bo standing over this body with the shotgun pointed at its head. Uh, All right. And I'm going to come running up. And okay. I'm. do I see who he shot? Uh, probably not very well. I mean, you wouldn't even know what Jack looked like anyway. Yeah. So I'm coming out. I've got my shotgun and, um, Oh, actually Yocker, Yocker would know because he was, uh, uh, in Squeak's store when I described him to Squeak. You described him. Oh, it's a giant hairy bear fella. Make a spot hidden actually. Fucker. Did you just call me a fucker? I think he did. It sounded like he it. He did call me. You know, oh, I work really. 17. I work Wait. really hard to keep your asses alive in this story, and you go around <laughs> calling me a fucker. <laughs> I mean, I got it. All right. Uh, so what you see? Success. Yeah, you you know that that's definitely not the guy that Bo's been hunting because this guy works down at the local stables, and so, he has I... for years. So I'm coming out. I'm holding my shotgun off to the side now. Once I see that, and I'm going to say, Bo, that's... Oh, wait. Uh, Bo, that's not him. That's not Jack Black. I don't know who... You just shot the guy from the... It's no, definitely not Jack Black. Jack, Jack Black. That's Jack Black. He just got <laughs> oh, my hairy, God! Dude. I shot Jack Black! You just killed oh, half a tenacious no. bee. What the hell's your problem? <laughs> is a bright light of entertainment in the dark firmament of the old west. Oh, he's the school of holes in my chest. <laughs> Yager, I thought I told you to stay away. This is none of your business. Uh, so, I, I, again, I'm sort of holding my shotgun out, but I sort of have it half ready if I need it. And I'm going to say, I don't think you know what you just did, Bo. You just killed an innocent man. That's Innocent not- man? I've been searching for this asshole for two years, following him from town to town, following rumors, and I finally find him, and I'm gonna have my revenge. But that, now let me talk was... to him before he dies. Now tell me, 
you got a couple more heartbeats, crab, before I blow your head off and send you to hell. And so, oh, and tell them I sent thee thither for a little Shakespeare. So, that's great. I said, Bo, you said he was a giant bear of a man. This man's a skinny little guy, and he works down at the stable. I know him. No, you he just ain't. shot the wrong. You shot the wrong. Man. Look at this think, giant hairy some bitch. I don't know I what think, the hell you're. I think the book made you crazy in the head. What book? You was looking at that book, remember, over at Seraphim Falls. No, I don't remember no book. I'm not given to reading books. That's nonsense. Now, leave me to my business. And oh. oh, go ahead. Do Jocker, there were, you know, there were people screaming in the streets and after the shots were fired, they kind of cleared inside and slammed some doors. So y'all are pretty much alone in the road so with this, this body. This guy is fading. So I'm going to say set a, I'm going to set aside my gun and I'm going to lean down and just grab him by the shirt collar, get in okay. real close. Okay. And say, I don't want you slipping away from me, crab. Make First another year. make another pal roll, Bo. Oh, 94. I did not pop. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, grab him by the shirt collar. Tell me what you say to him. Uh, don't you be slipping away from me. You ain't getting off that easy. Now you tell right. me, what'd you do with my gold? And so I'm going to step step in and I'm going to say, Bo, I don't know what you're seeing, but let me try and keep him alive. Because if it's your, if it's your, if it's your guy, Jack Crab. At least we can keep him alive so you can talk to him some more. If he's yeah. the guy's right now, you'll never get to talk to him. You got to let me help you're, him. You're trying to talk sense to me, and this ain't a moment for sense. This right, is so about revenge. As you're holding Jack and you're, this is all going on, Jack comes to for a moment with his face, and he looks at you and he cackles and he says, Bo, you're never getting your gold. And he, he laughs, ah, ah, ah. and then all of a sudden his face completely disappears and the face of this man who you haven't seen before ever, but is much skinnier and much more kind of like thin necked and, and feels all of a sudden much lighter in your hands is who you're holding. Okay. Then I bolt upright and, and as like soon as I can, I'm back in there and like, trying to do medicine. Yeah, I stagger back like someone just, you know, turned a giant spotlight on me, not knowing what the hell is going on. And I just sort of go almost catatonic, just staring I'm gonna down. I'm going to start yelling out like someone got a doctor, someone got a doctor. And I'm going to try and like at least put my hand on the wound and staunch the, the blood. OK, you want to make a medicine roll? I mean, I got a one on medicine, so we probably doesn't have a good chance. Oh, it's OK. You'll probably kill him. But he didn't, you know. Uh, I got a 17. But that's not a one. Yeah. Okay. But I'm trying. I'm, you know, I'm sort of packing his chest. And again, I'm yelling out, someone get the doctor. Someone get the doctor. Okay. Where's Philip? What's that? I'm, Where's Philip? Uh, Philip is in body bills. <laughs> he's, he's passed out. He's pooping himself. We need Philip. Again. Again. Or Quentin. Quentin is good at doctoring. All right. Ooh, let's no see. Doctor. I I got an NPC who's happy to show up. Oh. Is it Sage? 
No, I didn't roll that well for y'all. Sorry. <laughs> Well, uh, any NPC is a welcome addition. All right. As long as it's not his okay. brother. Um. Okay. So, uh, the a very drunken, disheveled oh man shows up. Yocker, you know this man. He's Red Wellerton. He's the town physician slash and coroner. what's that slash coroner yeah. <laughs> they go hand in hand and uh uh he, he's being towed along by a quite hysterical uh, uh lady who's um the you know to be uh the the man on the ground is uh jason dudley and um it's his wife. He works down at the stables. Uh, let's give a I little. Think, I think worked. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> and you know, you you hear kind of a tried and true conversation in the background of, oh, do something for him, Doc. Do something for him. And you see, you see Red kind of stagger over to Jason, and he kneels down, and he just belches like, Bleh! and yeah, and he didn't roll well can, for us at all. <laughs> you can smell the whiskey fumes coming up off of him, and he slurs out to you. He says, uh, "Yacher, is that you? It's me." <laughs> He got shot in the chest. It's awful bad. I yeah. try to staunch the blood, but it's not working. Uh, I need something hot. We're going to try and seal up these wounds. And dumbass going and making draw in the middle of the street. <sighs> I tell you what. You know what? We can't do it here. Let's carry him over to my place. Right, I'll carry him over to your place. Then I'm gonna, I'll pick him up. Okay. And, and uh, uh, Red goes to pick him up and just falls on his ass. And uh, I got plenty of Jason, strength. I can carry him myself. Oh, okay. And Jason's body like falls on top of Red. No, so you got No, no, no. I'm. I push him away as soon as he leans in, and I okay. just say, "I'm gonna say, Red, I got him." I'm going to carry him. I'm plenty strong, and you're drunk. Okay. And it's not too far. You 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 pick up the body, and you go about 30 feet down and uh, into Red's health emporium. And Red's health emporium, yep, is uh, you walk He's in. He's going to die, isn't he? <laughs> and it's a uh, – it's – essentially a big open room with a wooden table in the middle of it and the wooden table has a bunch of leather straps on it and i'll set him down it, on the table okay and he goes i don't think i'm gonna have to bother with strapping this one down and uh he goes he goes over to uh a contraption he has that it looks kind of like a kettle but he always has a little uh he has a 
a fire in a in a pot-bellied stove and this kettle on top and in the kettle he has these uh, metal rods with wooden handles on them and he goes over he stumbles over and he grabs one of the wooden handled rods and you can see the steam coming off the end and he just plunges it down into some of the buckshot wounds he says hey i learned it you just gotta stop the bleeding and we'll just we'll stop it right up and as he does it of course like the smells of burning flesh start to rise up in the air is yaker staying with me here uh yeah i don't think yeah remember yaker and scott are not the same yaker is not a big baby scott is <laughs> oh, okay. Yaker's doing okay with this. So Yaker's going to say, oh, what about all them bullets in there? And we got to get them bullets out. There's, uh, in Buckshot, I think there's like nine big pellets. Yeah. So, you know, probably some of them were near each other, but at that distance, maybe some of them were off to the side, not quite. The, you, know. you got a pretty decent spread so, there. He says, he says, you know, normally that's the case. But he said, tonight, tonight's a little different. You see, the way they're spread out, I think that we just got to seal them up. And if he lives, we'll take him out tomorrow. But if he dies, it doesn't really matter. Well, all right, you're a doctor. Just tell me how I can help you. Oh, if only Harold were here with some sort of magnetic crank device to just like suck that uh oh buckshot right out uh you know what i like that idea bo i'm gonna give you you make a luck roll for old jason okay oh 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 two wow Ooh, damn that's right. awesome so i think you... i think, doc, I think uh, the doctor has a herald special yeah herald uh so Yaker, you you point to uh, he has this shelf full of bottles of body parts in in jars like that are somehow uh, you don't know how but they're somehow preserved probably with some kind of clear alcohol, but underneath on the bottom there's this wooden con contraption with it it looks like a small uh, trebuchet but it's got a metal piece hanging off of it and it catches your eye. And for some reason you say to old red, you say, what's that thing? Q -U. Yeah, Q U. Yeah. What's that thing? Uh, something Harold gave me. It's, <laughs> he called it. Uh, what'd you call it? Harold? <laughs> uh, well, it was, it was originally for, um, detecting uh counterfeit coins so it would be the let's see here um the fake coin detection um and uh money uh profit increasing device <laughs> wonderful the <laughs> Hey, hi. Such a good name. <laughs> I don't know. It had something to do with finding metal and coins. I can't remember. The damn name is so long. 
Uh, could, could we use it to get the the buckshot out of him? You, huh. You know? I hadn't thought of that. Let's try it. Alright, I'll go over, pick it up, carry it over, set it down on the table next to <laughs> next to him. Because if I remember right, I crank here and we'll move this doohickey right over. And, and I'll crank I'll sort of crank for him so he can focus on the surgery. Okay. And as you as you crank it, there's a little you can feel a little bit of static electricity build up, like your hairs start to stand up a little bit. And all of a sudden, the, the metal hanging off the end, the magnet hanging off the end, uh, the, the chest in a part uh, surges upward a little bit, and a little steel ball wallops right up to the top of that thing. And I'm letting out a yelp. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, you're a genius! <laughs> and he says, I'll be damned. We're still going to have to amputate that arm if he lives. Well, better that than killing him. So, all right. And so you you just take it around and you suck up these little steel balls out of the body. Um, and as you do, uh, there's a little sizzle in the background as Red puts these hot pokers in to try and uh, sear the flesh together. Yay, uh, I'm not a murderer. Yet. <laughs> well, we've successfully extracted bullets by a drunken doctor. There's really... The, uh, okay. That part's kind of cool. And they may but, not have gone out the same way they went in. <laughs> it's also quite possible. Um, but it, it, it doesn't... Uh, yeah. Uh, Jason has a heartbeat and he's not completely dead yet, but he's definitely unresponsive. And it's did they not know about blood transfusions good. at this point? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. They'll just bring that machine in. I'm sure that Harold invented one of those. No, no, but I'm just saying. So at this point, there's no such thing. I'm guessing he just has to make his own blood. Yeah, I don't because I don't think there was any way to preserve the blood. Well, unless yeah. they did it from person to person. Wayne, did they do that direct? That's what I was wondering if I could if I could donate if I could hook up and give him blood. Well, yeah, then there's the whole thing about blood types. Yeah, well, they didn't really have that, so they was crude. So they were trying to put they would, if I remember correctly, yeah, put blood from people person to person early on, and it didn't work so good sometimes. Um, the earliest known blood transfusion occurred in 1665. And the first human blood transfusion was performed by Dr. Philip Singh uh, in seventeen. Philip Donner. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, in seventeen ninety-five. Wow. There's no way the small town doctor is going to know about it. Never mind. Yeah. 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 Okay. But it's been around for a hundred years. The first. Hey, oh, uh, but wait a minute. Philip hey, yeah. Donner is a doctor. I Actually, you. he's he's he might be drunk and he might be chop happy. But he says to you, he says, Yaku, you know, one thing we could try is uh, I can put a little bit of your blood in his blood. And uh, we'll see how it works out. <laughs> uh, how you get my blood out of me? 
well, I take this needle and he goes over and he just sticks his like bare hand in this uh, this vat of liquid and he pulls out a needle and he says, I put this in a little bit of chewing and he reaches under under that counter and he grabs out some uh, some sort of I, I would guess would it have to be glass at this point? Uh, no, they had rubber. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So he's got some good rubber tubing that uh, looks like it might be used, you know, under 10 times. And he goes, I put this needle in this tubing and I put it in your arm. And then we get the blood to come out. And once it's coming out, I put another needle in and I'll poke it in him. And you'll pump blood into him. Uh, Did I know about antiseptic at this point? (laughs) Nah. Well, not in the this movie, guy. In the movies, they're always like pouring. No, they're not pouring alcohol. They're drinking alcohol. Yeah, they're, yeah. About to say, they're just drinking. Yeah. Alcohol. All right. I'll be like, all right, just give me some a shot of whiskey and I'll try and save his life. <laughs> all right. So, so that. Roll to see if you're a universal donor. <laughs> uh, Underneath all of those bottles of body parts, he opens up the cabinet and he must have 12 bottles of whiskey under there. I mean, he has more whiskey than anything else. And uh, he he grabs a bottle and he just slams it on the table next to you. And uh, there's a little bit of blood on the top of the bottle where his hand was, you know, from working with the body. And he says, how about it? I'm going to have a shot myself when you're done. <laughs> All right, I'm wiping the blood off, and I'm taking a swig, and then uh, can I roll to see if I accidentally sloshed some on the arm where he's about to put it in his face? <laughs> <laughs> Sure, make a luck roll there. Make a luck roll. Goddamn luck roll. Oh, you yeah, can, you're you're really you not lucky. It. Yeah. Oh, I got a 71. That's not very lucky at all. Well, all right. So um, he he puts you up next to the table, and uh, let's see how well he does here. He is a doctor, after all, but he is a little drunk. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. So, so he goes, hang on, and he grabs you by the elbow, and he's taking the needle, and... <laughs> He just slips. He goes, and he just jabs the needle like straight down (laughs) into your arm. I mean, clean through into the muscle. Oh, no. Roll for hepatitis. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm I'm pulling my arm away. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? So you still got this needle in your arm. Oh, Oh, no. As soon as I'm pulling it out. Okay. Oh, give me another chance, Yaku. Just give me one more chance. I think I can get it done this time. Jesus Christ. So, and at this point, we don't, people don't know about putting alcohol on wounds. Oh, look it up. Yaku really wants up. to put some whiskey on I his really arm. I really want to do something. This is skeeving me out. I'm thinking in Bloodstone, <laughs> you're not really getting any alcohol on the wounds, big guy. <laughs> All the well, shit that know, could they, possibly they go wrong. About, uh, they know about cauterizing. 
Mm-hmm. Of all the horrible shit that could happen to you in a Call of Cthulhu game. Dying of if uh, you die. <laughs> flesh-eating vi- once bacteria. Again, once again, this isn't Yonker, this is me. <laughs> what I love is he's like going to all these links for an NPC I didn't have a name for up until about thirty seconds ago. All right, now I don't want Bo to be—I don't want Bo to be a murderer. I'm like, all right, one more try, but no more whiskey for you until you get this needle in me right. All right, you were moving too much. Play. I need you to stand still. You were just moving too much, Yaker. I wasn't moving at all. That's your vision doubling up. All right, and. And he very deftly this time slips it in and all of a sudden blood is like just squirting out of this needle that's in your arm. Hold still. Hold still, Yocker. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll gently hold the needle in for him. Okay. And he puts the, he, he puts the tubing on and, um, and then you see your blood start to drip out of the tubing. I think he had to squeeze the tube a couple of times. There were some crunchies somewhere in there. And he just had to get them to kind of to flow Yocker, out. Yocker, do you have to, like, exercise to get your blood pressure up so it actually goes into the other guy, right? I, no, like, if we didn't know about fucking antiseptic, we don't know about increasing <laughs> blood flow. <laughs> this we, is fun. We can't, pick, we can't pick and choose the medical miracles we know about. <laughs> I think for our entertainment, we can. <laughs> I, don't so. I, will, I will do all the motherfucking exercise in the world if you let me put some antiseptic on this thing. <laughs> I will do some goddamn push-ups and jumping jacks if that's what it takes. More than anything, I love that Scott put Yocker in this position. All right. Saving bow. And, and he puts a needle on the other end and um, and he puts it into uh, this guy's body on the table. He puts it into his arm and he says, Hey, Yager, um, I need you to run in place just for a minute. I need you to get your heart moving. I need a little more whiskey. That's good. That makes the blood flow quicker. All right. Oh, did I accidentally slosh some? <laughs> I'm going to start running in place with the whiskey oh, and then putting it in my mouth so it should be sloshing everywhere. <laughs> is this a is this a pushed roll that Yocker's asking for on his life? Yes. It kind of seems like it is. I, think it I is don't know what a pushed roll push. means. Oh, that means if you fail a second time, something horrible happens. No, I'm not going to do a pushed roll. Just like hepatitis. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> not on luck. Not when my luck's so poor. All right, so I'm running in place. Okay. And um, uh, I guess we should. I guess Bo, we'll we'll leave this up. We'll see. We'll see how well Red does for you. All right. All right. And that. So after a few minutes, uh, you start to feel really tired, Jocker. Um, a little, a little drained literally and uh, a little bit drunk and he says all right that's good yaker that's that's enough we need to stop and um he goes pull out the needle and i'm gonna pull it out and i'm just mumbling to myself well i didn't this night didn't work out the way i was expecting (laughs) and so as as you pull it out he pulls out the other end and you can just see the hose or the the rubber hose is kind of heavy with blood right it's it's full of blood in there 
and um and certainly as you pull the needle out of your arm if you've ever had a bad blood draw you know what that feels like when they just totally fuck up the vein um so your arm's hurting we'll Ooh. give you we'll give can you I help a out just for one second these are some of the things that can happen with blood transfusions from the 18th. <laughs> nice. Techniques of blood transfusion. So, for instance, uh, in 1667, uh, of course, but they were just using their own techniques uh, from time. It wasn't until after the turn of century. Uh, Franco-Prussian War, they were using a variety of devices, transfuser, transfusers, perhaps Harold will have one, had been developed to facilitate transfusion in hospitals and on battlefields to ameliorate some transfusion problems. Such problems included accidental injection of air into the patient. An embolism. Yeah. Coagulation of blood once removed from the body for too long. Risking injection of clots and determining how much blood was removed and transfused to preserve <laughs> Um, well, that, that would have, but he was exercising. If he got to the point where he didn't have enough blood, he would have keeled over. Yeah, so. once they start turning blue, you you pull it out. Yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, so hypodermic syringes available since about 1850 could be used, and some made of glass made it possible to calibrate blood quantities. Oh, that would have made more sense to suck the blood out and, and then, then inject it, back it in. into the other guy. Yep. By 1865, Roussel had developed a device to transfuse from arm to arm that was marketed to militaries, and by the mid-1870s, portable transfusers divined by Schleip and Collins were available for battlefield use. Oh. Um, improvements in indirect transfusion techniques use, using syringes and transfusers continued steadily through World War One, even as direct transfusion. But uh, go back. You said that uh, Battlefield One was 1870. Uh, the Franco-Prussian War. Yeah. Oh, what so were? Do they give the odds that you actually would receive the right blood type? Well, actually, before this, the whole article is talking about this is these types of transfusions could be where HIV first came into effect into. into what? It's a recent history assert that the likely time and place for the emergence of epidemic strains of HIV from simian immunodeficiency viruses was in interwar Central Africa, according to you know virological. So research. during the Boer War, someone got an infusion from a gorilla. So I don't know. That's why I'm, I didn't read. There's a lot. Oh, uh, yeah, because chimpanzees, monkeys, and possibly gorillas have transmitted SIVs to humans on multiple occasions without leading to epidemics. Medical historians and biomedical researchers have sought factors that facilitated the epidemic spread of different strains of HIV in roughly the same time period, the late 19th and early 20th century. Um, um, here we anyway. thought no, it's was not, scary. Yeah, it sounds like they would have uh, kind of known what they were doing. Yeah. That sounds like a long history of... Uh, yeah. And besides, I mean, Yaker, Yaker's only concern is that oh. he lost too much blood. Here you go. Medical texts from the late 1880s, some directed at battlefield surgery, instructed on methods of blood transfusion and circumstances when it was efficacious. Um, Moses Tig and Morhoff recommended transfusion in his 1887 surgical handbook in cases of blood loss, anemia, destruction of blood cells, or blood poisoning, while warning that transfusion should only be used, quote, as a last resort when the patient's life was at risk. Well, that's the case. Blood can be transfused directly from vein or artery of a donor into the vein of a recipient or indirectly by collecting it into a warmed vessel and defibrinating and filtering it to prevent coagulation before injection into the recipient's vein. There you go. We don't have that's that technology. That's just like what they yeah. did. Yeah, exactly. Look at that. I well, you know, it should be a doctor. Most a doctor. of the paraphernalia needed for transfusions were part of colonial medical toolkits. 
In 1891, really? for example, Paul Colstar, uh, a German where, military where staff, This is 1892, right? This is colonial, yeah. yeah. German military staff doctor stationed in East Africa advised doctors going into tropical malarial regions to supply metal and glass syringes and canulas as basic accoutrements. Mm, you recommend for injections of quinine <laughs> and saline in cases of pernicious fever associated with malaria. Um, Though occasionally colonial doctors reported lack of transfusion equipment in general, even if doctors were not inclined to use blood transfusion therapy, they had the equipment to do so. So here you go. There you go. All right. All right. So, Jocker, uh, we'll give you roll a D4. Oh, boy. There's your hepatitis roll. <laughs> What if you transfused in Lamava? I got a three. All right. So uh, he might have he might have let you uh, pump a little bit too much blood into old Jason's body. Uh, you take three points of damage, but essentially it's uh, from over pumping of your blood supply into Jason. Get the you're man not, a cookie. You're not feeling so hot. Give him some orange juice. Yeah. Yeah. You're feeling wobbly on your feet. And uh, Gosh, really, twenty-one hit points. Down to what? Twenty-one. You have twenty-one hit points. Holy shit! No wonder your You're luck's so bad. Yeah. Oh my God. I had twenty-four, so now I'm down to twenty-one. Wow. Yeah, we had wow. already done That's that math. That's crazy. Mine is, uh, I think, mine is fifteen to start. I have seven to uh, start. Yeah. I got eleven. I had eight. Oh, wow. It was 14 for quite a I oh, made myself sorry. like 51. I didn't know. We never Yaker, changed oh, it. I couldn't figure out 10. how to change it. Yaker, yeah. you don't have to be lucky when you're that healthy. Yeah. yeah. Thank. All right. Um, but you still don't feel, I mean, you know, it's obviously not mortal, but you don't how do, feel so great. Do I get so hit points great. back when I rest? Uh, you In this game, you get hit points back very slowly over extended time. So it's not like... It's it's not like the indie. So where at our if, rate, someone... like maybe in twenty twenty three. Yeah. It also can't uh, someone who's not a total drunk like uh, once Quentin is back there. Can't he do like a medicine roll and you get like a hit point back or something? It, it, it depends on. I mean, it, right? If you're if you can reasonably treat the wound. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, if you want to roll to put blood back in Yocker, I'm all for it. <laughs> no, Y'all want to do blood go... trans? We could do we could do syringe transfusions yeah, in I'll the Yocker. Do, uh, syringe would... syringe yeah. twister. I'll Such a shame that Doctor Phil missed this ever. episode. Yeah. Um, okay. He'd be, he's going to be rolling on the ground. Right. <laughs> um. All right, Yocker, so you've just completed this blood transfusion into old Jason, and uh, uh, Red goes, well, I'm not sure what else we can do unless you've got any more ideas. This seems to be the brains of you <laughs> and your blood. If only that someone had invented something to keep uh, sepsis from setting in. But what sepsis? <laughs> no, that's it. We're done. <laughs> We've done everything we can. I want to go. So, uh, if you're, you should go find know. Bo and let him know that he's still alive. In the next few days, if that arm of yours starts to smell funny, 
Make sure you come back and see me. God. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a nice, dirty, rusty saw waiting for you. <laughs> and some more cauterizing. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm gonna head out and find Bo. Okay, so you uh, you stumble out pretty lightheaded out the out the front door. And I'm Bo, still I have no. I'm yeah. just still standing there, uh, nearly catatonic. Okay. Right. I'm just staring if, if at we the ground. Fast forward a little bit. I'm going to tell him what happened. Tell him that we tried to save his life, and then I'm going to bed. Okay. Uh, you get no response from me. All right. Well, I say just. Uh, I, I don't know what to do. I got to go to sleep. I can't even think no more. Uh, he took my blood, and we saved his life. Maybe. You could, just, you could just take me by the shoulder and lead me away. Yeah, I'll just lead him into Seraphim Falls, have him sit in a corner or something, and then I'm going to bed. Okay. Ho hopefully you took my shotgun. Oh, he took it. And your <laughs> shells. I take everything, and I take the book as well, and I hide that. Okay. And then are we are we both putting you to bed for the night then? All right, yeah, that, that'll give Florence and Harold and Quentin a chance to finish up. We're coming back for you. Left us a note on my door, so I'm going to be knocking as soon as I get back. I don't think we're going to be in any condition to pull it You left a note. Come to Seraphim Falls. This is yeah. going to be amazing. All right, I'm going to leave one more. I'm going, I'm leaving a note on my door for them. And I'm telling him something bad happened. We need our sleep, and we'll see you first thing in the morning. Do not disturb. So, hmm. okay. I mean, I. It's safe to assume our characters have to sleep. <laughs> Your characters. I, uh, it is a mechanic in the game. Your characters do have to sleep, or you you start yeah. to you start to get heavily penalized. Yeah, but, I mean, you but guys that doesn't want to go out and do stuff immediately because you need to sleep as much as we do. What uh, but, what what time of night is it now? It's early though. I mean, it was it was is early it really? in the evening. Yeah, it's oh. only like eight o'clock or so. Oh, I thought it was like uh, you know oh, midnight. By yeah. the time Florence, Quentin, and Harold get back, it is going to be like closer to ten thirty or so. But I mean, you know, oh. it, yeah. you don't have to go to bed just yet. Okay. Well, I'll just then sit in the corner, staring off into space. Yeah, and I'm passed out. Did you leave a note? I did. I left a note saying that, you know, some bad stuff happened at night and, or tonight, and uh, we need our rest, and we'll see you guys first thing in the morning. Yep. And I'm catatonic, except at one point, I uh, I stand up, uh, I go and uh, I get a uh, warm bowl of water and put uh, Yaker's hand in it. <laughs> and then I go Damn back. It, I was and... actually writing this down, Bo. <laughs> and I go, and I go and sit in the corner. Damn it! All right, now I'm sleeping in the warm glow of my own urine. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I I guess then this is probably a pretty natural time to take a break, and then we'll resume with uh, Q H and F. Sounds good. All right. Then sure. we will we will take five ten minutes. And see everybody in a minute. Okay, and we're back from break. Uh, Michael, 
<laughs> After that, uh, can you get us started again, please? Yeah, the, the keeper's broken. <laughs> That's two weeks in a row you've done that, Emily. Uh, Sorry. Job. All right. So uh, Yocker and Bo have gone nighty-night for now. And uh, Quentin, Harold, and Florence are headed back from slightly north of the city. Yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not just going to magically be back. We have to get back. <laughs> oh, boy. It'll be fine. Nothing bad will happen. It's the okay. middle of the night. Here, I'll it's just make great. a couple of rolls on my side of the computer to see how well it goes. Okay. And then I'll tell you. <laughs> oh. mm. Here, I'll give you a choice. This will be fun. Do you want the first roll or the second roll. Second. Uh, we don't trust Quentin. First. <laughs> <laughs> You're the tiebreaker, Harold. Do you want the first or the second roll? I'm, I'm going with Florence. It's a good Uh-oh. thing you did. No, you got the wow. 35 instead of the 97. Oh, <laughs> So, uh, I you have a fairly uneventful yet uh, pretty you know it takes a while so two two and a half hours to get back. Y'all have somebody's horse with you, correct? I think we all uh, rode. Yeah, my horse. Yeah, I, think. I think they were all on horseback. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, because we I didn't have a horse. horse. Yeah, because oh, I remember okay. somebody using the back of the horse uh, to shoot gophers. I believe that was Quentin was using the back of the horse to steady his gun mm. while Harold got attacked by gophers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it was like six weeks ago, but you yeah, know. it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, all right. So you make your way back into the north end of town. It's, uh, you know. 10, 10 30 at night and what do y'all do uh we would go looking for uh for the other folks uh so i guess we'd probably start at seraphin falls considering our I... mission is to get back as soon as possible because of the animals uh no the the, the base of operations is uh florence's uh, bookstore oh, okay we'd establish that as the place where we would meet okay great then we yeah. go there first okay all right, and so upon arriving at the bookstore, you find oh, Yocker's look, there's note. a note on the door. <laughs> How convenient. Come find us at Seraphim Falls. Well, all right, straightforward. There we go. Yocker's note that he's at the Red Cross giving blood. Mm-hmm. Let me just drop some things off. I'm carrying all of these books. I have like five journals from the basement and one from upstairs. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. So I'll just put those inside. Okay. And Harold, I think you took some paraphernalia too. Oh well, yeah, I, I did. Um, but I think I'm going to put that back in my house. Okay. Okay. Well, let's head over. Okay. Yeah. Drop stuff off at Florence's and then. I mean, it's late, but we really yep. need to talk. Mm-hmm. I was going to say by this time, uh, Quentin might be. After losing that many sanity points, might be feeling a little bit drained, I would think. But willing to press on because the the uh, importance of getting back to those uh, animals in the basement mm-hmm. and wicked evil that resides there. Um, all right, so we're we're going to uh, to Yocker's joint. 
remember there's a note on the door there as well. Yep. All right. Then, uh, and just to uh, tell you, what, so the note says, you know, we uh, something bad happened, after, and after we, we left the note on your door, yeah, a bunch of bad things happened, and um, I was hurt, and Quentin's in shock, so we need to rest, and we'll see you in the morning. Yeah. So then the question is, um, do we get a few hours of sleep ourselves, then wake these guys up, and everybody go back? I mean, I, I think for for the for the sake of the game and all of us being together, that probably makes more sense. Um, mm-hmm. Harold would probably want to go back soon, but mm-hmm. you know, understanding that it's been a long day and a few hours rest would be important, and the animals are not going to you know die in a couple hours. And Quentin will uh, say that you know it's good judgment to take care, take care of ourselves. We can't help anything or anyone if we're uh, tumbling asleep on our way back. Then it'll be quite dangerous. Um, I think we were quite lucky not to have anything happen to us on the way here. Yeah, you know, Germany. like like that old rule, like when you're you're in a, a sandstorm, you got to put the bandana on yourself before you help others with their bandanas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had some things I wanted to do back at the shop anyway. I, I really want to take a look at those journals. So sounds good to me. Okay. And first thing in the morning after a good rest, we'll uh, make our way back to let those animals out and anything else that we feel necessary. Okay, Harold, do you have room for Quentin at your place? Oh, oh I, 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 I suppose. Um, don't, hmm. don't you have a room at, at the at the inn there, Quentin? Yeah, I was like, I think Quentin has enough money to get a room. Okay. I think you might. Be I mean, the night before there. they slept on my floor. That's right. Well, we were leaving probably very early as a group, I think. The I night think it was because you... of a um, distrust of the inn after the inn. Oh, that's realizing right. that Pete the Poet after, was about uh, or something. Well, no, it was after uh, Quentin stole that stuff from the... Oh, yeah. Okay. The, oh, the guy, I was afraid they might be hot on our trail. Uh, that turned out uh-huh. not to be the case. Mm. Okay. Good point. Forgot about that. I'm, I might have too. That might be why they weren't so hot on your trail. <laughs> oh no, that's right. Down at the mine. I didn't forget about that. It's just only day two. That's part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, right. It's raining in my window. So then we'll uh, we'll meet at sunup at at Florence's and head right out. As soon as sun comes. Well, up. we might need to leave another note. Wait, did your note... Oh, he's gone. Did uh, the Yocker note say, we'll come to Florence's? Or uh, Nope. Okay. I think we'll have to go back and get them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bo and Quentin, your nights are driven by really intense nightmares. And Bo, most of yours are about confronting Jack. Right, like you start running into different people on the street, and they turn around to talk to you, and all of a sudden it's Jack, right? Yep, and I shoot him, and then I realize, oh no, it's the school marm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a bunch of Jacks. Oh no, they're little kids. I done I, killed them. You, you narrated it perfectly, right? <laughs> like it's not just him turning into men; he's turning into women and children, and each one of those like gets more traumatic and 
it's a really nightmare fueled uh, sleep. Uh, Quentin, yours are a little bit more esoteric as your consciousness seems to slip in and out of different dream states mm -hmm. where you think you're awake uh, and, and you keep having these continued conversations with Melville or you're mm -hmm. back on the battlefield trying to save people. Uh, but really strange events happen in the dream. Like you might be putting pressure on somebody's amputated leg and then tentacles come flying out and wrap around your hand and suck your arm into the leg. Uh, those kinds of things that are just really otherworldly, unnatural and uh, mess with your character, leaving you pretty fried from the experience. You also keep having flashbacks to uh to being down underneath the cabin mm. and there's the these flashes of light and every time that the light flashes uh you reveals a little bit more of this creature that had a hold of your mind mm -hmm. so uh it's physical presence and that physical presence makes your your body ache and uh, the unnatural alien essence of it really messes with you well, yeah, I was going to say, considering the loss of sanity, they had all, it all makes sense. And I was going to say, waking up many times in the night and almost seeing things, I would have to say. And, um, yeah. Are you sleeping by yourself? Did we decide that? Or are you with Harold? Um, yeah, and that's, you know, if you think it's unsafe to go to the inn, then I, I would like Actually, to yeah, because the inn was considered unsafe. So I would, Mercer, Mercer had said so. So I said, we were told by Marissa to not go there because of that strange, mysterious fellow who did all those heinous things to Philip Donner. Um, perhaps it's him. So I asked Harold, if you have space at your place, I, I, it would be, I'd be much obliged if you can find a, a space on the floor for me to reside. Yep, yeah, we can do that. Okay. And so then if he's staying at your place, Harold, you don't sleep very well either because he's, he's yelling out quite a bit. And uh, Yocker, you're so pretty like blood drained at this point that you might sleep through most of Bo's moanings. But Harold, you're I think, no, I think Harold must have a uh, a shouting and moaning abatement device <laughs> that uh, it's like this metal ball with a leather strap around it. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> or a CPAP machine. <laughs> Uh, so, um, unless you ball gag Quentin, then, uh, he's got a pretty, uh, you're going to be up a lot in the night as he screams out and shouts and those kinds Is of things. Is there a kink roll? A, so that would be a nocturnal spousal snoring sus suppression device. Oh. Nice. Or now, that. before Florence sleeps, can she do a thing? Hey, you can do whatever you Great. want. So there was a reason I really wanted to get that upstairs journal. And that's because I hoped that I, I know that they're all written in this strange symbol language, but I know the gist of what he was writing in the upstairs journal because he was transcribing our story. So I would like to try to break it like a code. Woo! Wow. 
And on that note, wow. is, you are even, you phoning you a, a friend for the code for the code? You got breaking? it. Um, all right, let's see. What are you going to try and do that under? Intelligence. Mm. Or mm. another suggestion from my keeper. Language. Let's see what you got here, Florence. It seems a little... <laughs> I, I guess, though, we can go with your intelligence, but this is going to be... This is going to be extreme. Okay. As in, I need an extreme success. As in, you need an extreme success. Okay. Well, that's unlikely. Very, very unlikely with okay. my 85. Yes. Uh, I, the language. Which actually would have been a success because I'm so damn smart. Okay. You got a very smart group. <laughs> It was it, she beat me up at a board game earlier today, so I have to exact my revenge somehow. Wow! Oh, uh, you won that game. All right. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but his the, pride was hurt while he won. That was so funny. Yeah, my pride was hurt. The 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 language in the book is just really esoteric. It's it's really hard to make out where one symbol ends and the next one begins, and you're just having a lot of trouble piecing together what it would even be in relationship to our language, what he was writing in, and so it's just not clicking together for you. Okay. Oh, you know what I was going to... Oh, wait, you're not asleep yet. That's okay. We'll wait till... Remind me when when Florence does go to sleep <laughs> that I was going to give y'all... I was going to give y'all a little boon. I was going to oh. give you something nice. Oh, geez. Okay. That, that, that sounded super ominous, the way you phrased that. Oh, okay. Okay. No, it's actually it, a nice thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, the last thing I'll do before I go to sleep, since I can't make heads or tails of the language, is just to flip through the books and see if there are any sketches or anything that I could flag to maybe show to Harold or to look at later. Oh, okay. Uh, make a spot hidden. Okay. Little That's actually know. a hard success. I was just about to say, little does she know any successes in these roles require a sanity roll. Mm. <laughs> oh dear. Because you don't, you don't oh. want to know. That was a success. I think you said it was a hard success. I did say it was a hard success. I think that's what my students say most of the time is that I take all the joy out of successes. Go ahead. Let's have your sanity roll. Oh, okay. Definitely a good thing to be known for. Yeah. I made it by one. Sure, you did, Florence. I really did. I did. So as you're flipping through the book, what kind of what kind of sketch would you like to I mean, you kind of know some of the goings on that were happening down there. So what kind of information are you looking for for Harold? Oh, man, I have to choose what useful information I find. Um, you don't have to choose, but I'm, I'm giving you the choice. Here. I'm giving you the narrative for a moment. No, I, I I appreciate that. I was totally prepared for it. I can tell. <laughs> and the pressure's on. 
yeah um is there is there anything involving human figures because we know he was doing experiments on animals i thought i was going to sneeze for a second so i muted the sure there's uh there's some things with humans and there appears to be sketches of some sort of device and uh, little lightning bolts coming out of the device towards uh, different figures. And then there's notations by those figures. They're all different sizes. So there's, there's large, some of them look familiar, like human shapes or... Uh, let's see what other maybe like elephant shapes some of them look a lot less familiar like tentacly figures or weird ocean animals or flying beasts that look a little large these aren't perfect drawings mind you they're just sketches so you're not sure if these are uh things that maybe you're supposed to know that are porn drawn poorly or if you just don't know what these creatures are that are drawn in the book okay a device with lightning bolts going towards all these types of figures yeah and there the the device is shown from a few angles and uh you know from the side the top the bottom those kinds of things mm -hmm. did they okay. see a, a device down in the the basement or quentin nope. quentin saw something he saw flashes of light Oh, okay. Well, yeah. he saw a big something that was yeah. giant and filled yeah, the hallway. A, yeah, it was a big cylinder or something. But we haven't specifically talked about that because he didn't remember it at first, and that was he was crazy. Glowing green. That was one in the one in the first room that we went into with all the contraptions and such like that, and had the wires that went back up to the kitchen. Yes. Okay, so I, I gotta say, some little optical trick just happened. And I think it was when I looked up because I've got progressive lenses. But as I looked up at Michael's frame, it really looked like the mannequin behind him leaned in just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and that genuinely like gave me that little stomach. <laughs> oh, oh, is that why? Were you actually moving it? <laughs> I, I didn't, but I just did that. Wow. Okay. Florence will go to bed. She's not a mannequin. Uh, she's just very good very, at standing very still. Still, yeah. Okay. Oh, you're going to bed? I don't think I want to read the book anymore. It made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so what I want everybody to do is to take a skill that they used over the course of the day Boom. and rick no you're not going to get to retroactively do this when you get back uh, your punishment wow. for being gone uh -huh. all right uh so everybody pick a skill that you would like to roll for to improve and uh i'll tell you how this works uh, the only thing you can't roll for, except for Quentin, I guess if you really wanted to roll for Mythos, you mm. could. Oh, I did. Uh, yeah, I got nine points in that. Uh, actually, I don't think you can. I don't think Mythos, unless you, unless you, well, I, I guess you're dreaming about it. 
but it would might invoke another sanity roll. You want to your the the deal with the skill is you don't make the check to improve it. You have to miss it, and so that's kind of a balancing thing so that you can't op oh. a skill that's like at sixty or seventy. So, so the lower it is, the better chance you have it going up. Right. Uh, so it needs to be something that you at least used over the course of the last day. Uh, it doesn't matter if you failed at it or got it right over the course of the day. It's just a skill that you had to use. And uh, whoever's ready, just let me know and we'll make that first roll. Uh, hmm. uh, I think I'm going to try to get better at my spot hidden. Okay. And what is your spot? It's cur currently? currently a 50. Okay, so you'll have to roll a 51 or higher to improve it. Okay. I rolled a 64. Okay, now roll a d6. Six. All right, so you add six to your spot hidden. Yeah! And this is, oh, this is the first time we're doing it, so we might not always roll a d6 on these, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna do the I'm doing the same and I'm gonna do spot hidden as well. Okay. I've got a 40. Okay. And I should say you can't improve your core attributes like intelligence and those kinds of things. Come on, Yaker, you can do it. All right, rolling. Mm, I didn't get it. I got a 23. Oh. Okay. Um, doesn't, he get a so, uh, doesn't he get so a consolation Yaker, like one point? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so Yaker, you can add one point to that. Thank you. Quentin's going to argue for the, uh, for the Cthulhu mythos and because of the, uh, in, the incredible uh, journey from in time, but specifically having seen the, uh, the earth with these figures fighting amongst themselves um, and just this sense of uh, feeling of this Lamava, um, the whole thing just being wrapped into a oneness. It's not, these aren't separate in incidents and uh, everything going on, even if it's at the cost of his sanity, he's realizing that his, his sanity and understanding this is. Uh, um, yep, if Cthulhu goes up, sanity goes down. I, I, I was just about to say, so whatever points you add to your mythos will deduct from your sanity. Okay, because I was going to hmm. say uh, just for role playing, I think that's the uh, that's the avenue he's on because the uh, the mythos, the creature, these monsters are his Moby Dick, and that's that's his uh, focus. Oh, I like that. Uh, I like that. Absolutely. Where is that skill? Where does it? Live? It's it's under Cthulhu mythos, so it's under C. Uh, okay. There's climb credit oh, rating and Cthulhu mythos. Got it. <laughs> So I have a nine, so I think I should be able to roll higher than that. Oh my God, I rolled a hundred. I rolled right, zero, 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 zero. Yeah, you're good. So uh, roll a d6. That's insane. Wait, I thought the base of every skill was one, but I have a zero for my mythos. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you you, you don't, you uh, mythos, it, yeah, you don't start with anything. Anna. Oh, okay. Yeah. Need to go insane. <laughs> All right, die six, roll six. Oh, okay. Oh boy, uh, that's actually, um, so good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what does that right. bring your sanity Insane down? Insane in the membrane. Forty-four minus six brings him down to thirty-eight. Wow, he started at, at 
started this game at uh, 60. I think it was in the 60s somewhere. Yeah. Still saner than Yocker. Really? I've got a 33. Still saner than Harold. Really? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, but right. that, that's pretty good. He pretty much lost half of it in one day. <laughs> and Harold's dead wife talks to him all the time. So, Hey, she hasn't, right. we haven't heard from Millie in a while. Well, I mean, just because we've been doing other things, she was screaming away. Oh, she was very active yeah. back at the house. Yeah. All right. The mythos isn't still isn't very high. It's only at a 15, but at least it's a shot in the dark. That so good. Man, how did Millie feel about mine. Quentin staying over? That's why I was hesitant about Quentin staying over. Nobody wants you, Quentin. I think she's going to tell you that it's time to kill the house guest. Maybe. Um, hang on. We have to. I have to look at one thing because six points of sanity loss is significant. Ooh, here we go. Uh oh. Oh, you're gonna have another uh, yeah, breakdown. It's, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, kind of a, a big. Wow. It's kind of a big deal. So that has night- anyone noticed that both of the newcomers to town are relatively murderous? I didn't. Uh, I actually. Uh, until I went crazy, I haven't killed anybody. And crazy, only, only yeah. you guys. No, the the murderous one is Phil shooting someone in the back and killing them, and Quentin getting uh, watermelon smashy and neck breaky and neck breaky. Getting a little neck breaky. Creature. Quentin, make an intelligence roll. Oh, unfortunately, that's pretty high. Okay. 33, so I make it easily. Ooh, that's a hard success. Okay, and make, give me a D10. Three. Metachlorophobia, fear of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, really? wow. Oh wow, you uh, pulled out the metachlorines. Okay. And roll one more D10 Damn. for me. Uh, zero. Zero? There's a zero on your... Ten. Oh, so a 10. A 10. A yeah. ten. Okay. Uh, so we'll finish. We'll get back to what that all means in just a second. And who do we have left? Yocker? What are you trying to... Oh, Yocker already did. It's uh, me Florence. and Florence. Okay, Florence or Harold, yeah, somebody go. Go for it, Florence. Uh, I'll do listen. I have a 40. Oh, okay. I rolled a 39. All right, oh. so now you have a 41, Florence. That's great. That's wonderful. So is is listen the thing that I keep failing? No, it's either listen spot, or spot hidden. Spot hidden. It's is, spot hidden. Everyone keeps flunking. I, I, well, no, I don't think... But, I don't think you're going to get over. I, I mean, I think if you roll a hundred on everything, Harold, you're just, it doesn't matter what you're. No, but it's always the same on. thing. It's been the same <laughs> thing every time. And I can't remember whether it's listen or spot hidden. I know, but you're usually rolling like a 96 or a 97. No, but I, so but I like... only roll those on one skill check. I've what only did you roll over roll where 90. you chopped off your finger. That, that was the one. 
That yeah. was it luck. was when I chopped off my finger. It was that when was the luck, the, the dudes oh. no when when the gophers attacked me, and right. there was another, and it was all the same skill check. Oh yeah, I think those were all spot hiddens. Okay, so then, yeah, they were spot hiddens. Then yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go for spot hidden then. Okay, what do you have in it? I have a fifty. Okay. Wow, that's high. Which which makes it. I mean, it's you know, huh. I got a 50-50 shot, and three yeah. times I've rolled over a ninety-five on it. So it, it, I'm sure this is going to be a great roll. Nine, come on, ninety-five. Forty-five. Oh, fucking <laughs> egg. <laughs> uh, when I want, wonderful boon keeper. When I want to roll over, I don't. All right. Well, give yourself a point there. Okay. All right. So now that that's going to change everything. <laughs> okay. All right. So at some point in the middle of the night, Harold, as as Quentin is just thrashing and turning himself all over the place and moaning, you Here comes my spot hidden check. Yeah, you put your <laughs> one hundred. Uh, you 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 put your covers over your head and you just try and go into a different space and ignore him, and um. What ends up happening, Quentin, is you you're thrashing in your dreams so much that um, you you'll wake up about ten hours later. So much, you know, mm. pretty significant sleep, and you're just going to be bruised and banged up all over your hands and your oh. arms and your <laughs> face from from basically barreling into things and hitting a table leg and oh. cracking your head. And you've got a big gash across your forehead now and uh, all kinds of cuts and bruises on your arms and hands. Oh, jeez, Millie, what would you do to him? <laughs> <laughs> so does that any hit points off? No, no, it doesn't cost you any hit points, but uh, you've already, you've already taken a, a enough sanity damage right. and you didn't get it you didn't get a needle jabbed all the way down to your elbow so you're okay oh <laughs> so are we morning time yeah so uh good morning okay. some of you are a bit more aware in your skill sets and uh uh quentin doesn't get out of bed till you know close to the eight nine o'clock hour a uh, little unusual for him you would wake up first harold and uh you see quentin just like kind of basically finally passed out on the floor just like he got hit by a truck except there's no truck harold uh, had you still wanted to go back to the place if so wouldn't you like ditch quentin and just oh no i i'm i'm waking everybody up like crack okay. of dawn even like a little before dawn Okay. And you just can't really rouse Quentin. I mean, it's he's not dead or hurt, but he's just in a deep stupor. Water on the face. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go save those animals. You I, must I actually you'd have some more of those devices. He's gonna, like, it's like he's, an egg beater, but a, a hand goes like this. I can't be <laughs> responsible he, for this. He's gonna kill the animals. That's what he does. He kills things. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're, I mean, for we're up. You know, I'm used to getting up at the crack of dawn. Yeah. So hopefully, Yaker. I'm sorry, Yaker. 
I, I was going to say, as soon as I get up, I'm checking on Bo, um, make sure Bo's doing okay. And I want to see okay. if Bo is I, out uh, of the catatonic state. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I got some sleep. It was fitful sleep, full of nightmares. But uh, yeah, I, I want to know what happened. I'm, I'm all confused. I, I shot. I was sure I shot Jack Crab, but then yeah. he turned into what happened, Yocker. Uh, so I, so I said, well, you, if you remember, you looked at that book. We were looking at that book together. And I held up the light to it and you traced the letters. And I think it must have done something to your brain, got it all extrapolated or something. And you got all confused and you went outside. You said, Yocker, don't get in my way or I'm going to shoot you. What? And then you went outside and I heard you yelling something. And next thing I know, I looked out the door and you were shooting a man and you were sure it was Jack Crab. Oh, Jesus. You I were thought- sure. And it turned out. It wasn't Jack Crab at all. It didn't look nothing like it. Oh, you my said God. Jack Crab's a big bear of a fella, but this was a little skinny guy. Are you saying I, I, I killed an innocent man? I don't, I don't, well, you might have, but I, I brought him to the doctor and we used one of Harold's amazing inventions to get the, the bullets out. And I gave him some of my blood just to keep his heart beating for you so that you won't be a murderer. Cause I know that's the last thing you want. Now, there's only one man I want to kill, and he has it coming to him. So hope, hopefully his, his uh, he survives, and maybe what you'll have to do is you'll have to go explain that something happened with them creatures last night, and you thought it was them creatures or something, just so that you don't get taken in by the by the constable. And maybe if you got oh, some you money, don't. maybe you can, you can give He's him some money out. and help his family. They're going to take me in either way. Either I'm... I shot a man in cold blood or I'm a lunatic. Man, not in this town. You'd be amazed at what people get away with in this town. (laughs) Pretty much, if you can explain it away, the Uh law don't really worry too much about it. They got bigger fish to fry. Okay, well, you put my mind at ease, Yocker. Thank you. You're a good man. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But I got to ask you something. We got to keep you away from books because maybe they ain't so good for your head. And... Yeah, I have, no, gotta, I have no recollection of that book whatsoever. And maybe we got to be a little bit careful. I took your gun and your, your, oh, your show last Wait, night. wait, I do I do remember something. I remember I found a book in that guy, in the, in the belongings of that guy that Phil murdered in cold blood. And I, <laughs> wa- I wanted to show it to Florence yes. because I figured Florence uh, it might be of use to her. So, yeah, let's give that book to her. But we got to tell her that she better not be reading that book. No, no, we'll tell her she shouldn't be reading that book at all because it'll get her all crazy in the head. We all that. Well, I I think she, you know, knows what she's doing in in terms of uh, arcane knowledge. Yeah. Uh, Me, I definitely should not be looking at any strange squiggles and whatnot. Yeah, I I am not not the best choice either. So why don't we go on over? It's it's a little early, but see if we can wake Florence up and everybody else up and, okay. and get, get to going on finding out what happened. Sounds good. Florence figured there might be people coming, so she made bread. Yay! <laughs> is this Florence or Emily? This is oh. Florence. <laughs> okay. We love. Florence. We already established this with the scones. <laughs> and I got a big chew of pemmican. Yum, yum, yum. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. All right, so does the uh, bucket of water in the face wake Quentin up? 
Uh, Quentin, give me a constitution roll. Okay. Oh, I got a good constitution. A two, and I have a 75. All right, so you come to, uh, and you're pretty sore, and and you look at you look at Harold. I mean, you've just had a fairly traumatic night of sleep, and uh, you're aching and just sore all over. And I say to uh, oh, and and soaking wet. Oh, wetty. So I say to I say uh, oh. Harold, I just I feel horrible. I know I was like the the dreams I had. Uh, I'm not even sure they were dreams. Everything seems much more clear and, and not at the same time. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it does. He says uh, I I need to get a little bit of water to splash in the face, and I need to go to the general store to see if I can find anything that might help. <laughs> well, I I took care of that first part for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you look just fine, so uh, so let let's just head out. Definitely don't go over there by the mirror. Uh, let let's just uh, head out and go rescue some animals. Yeah, it's like uh, five in the morning, right? Yeah. yeah, and I'm just trying to shoo oh, him man. out the door. If it's five in the morning, there was no time to make bread. That's that's okay. I'll share my hard tack. My, I got some corn pone, I got some egg pone, got some steak pone. I don't know. What that a is. lot of pone. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a bit from The Simpsons. Okay. <laughs> it sounded familiar. It's, All right, it's so... when uh, Bart is Huck Finn. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, so I'm shooing Quentin out uh, and heading over to Florence's. Okay, and then in the uh, in the free time that Quentin has before I d- I don't know if we were meeting up later, uh, he's going to the general store. I don't know what time it opens. So. We'll hang uh, definitely, out. definitely not at five in the morning. Oh, you never know when Lloyd's there. Oh, that's right, it's Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty much there all the time. So uh, yeah, Yacker and I went to Florence's, and uh, we uh, uh, Florence, we oh. It takes me a minute to get downstairs. I hadn't awakened quite yet after I uh, walked back that bread thing. <laughs> oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, there, Florence, we have no idea what's been happening with you guys. So for us, the urgent matter is uh, the book and the flying yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So we let you know about the you know, people been abducted, these things. They attacked Yocker. Uh, they attacked Phil. Uh, and they took two of the town folk. And they flew away. And uh, I found this book. And uh, I guess I, I touched it. And it uh, there's nothing written in it. But when I was touching it, there was a sense that something had been written. And next thing I know, I, I shot a man. And uh, Yocker saved his life. And yada, yada, yada. Well, then I'll also share all of the events from Gerald's house with an emphasis on the fact that Quentin is violent. <laughs> Quentin's not going to come out looking good. Or he would never harm anyone again. And then snapped Gerald's neck. What? I don't trust the man. 
does he, oh, I'll ask you this question. Does he, did he show any signs of remorse for having killed the guy? No, he actually, uh, he was ranting and raving about Moby Dick. And he said that Gerald was his white whale. Well, I guess I, I don't know. I'm not one. He just to... met the man. Well, I tell you, I, I had that episode of lunacy where I shot an innocent man. So maybe the same sort of, you know, evil that got into me got into him. I mean, mine thankfully went away after a good night's sleep. Maybe when we, maybe we go get him, we'll find him in a better state of mind. And I'll well, say, I'm going to say to you, Florence, I'm going to say it. Look, it's, it's been really crazy. Everyone is just like, we, the town got attacked last night. Did we tell you about that part? Yep. I believe you did. Yeah. Like, everything is just going crazy. And maybe Quentin isn't evil. Maybe Quentin's just getting caught up just like Quentin did. Uh, sorry, just like Bo did. It's certainly possible. I mean, I, I don't know. I was just thrown... I was thrown because he threatened me. Yeah, well, why don't why don't we find out? We can talk to him and make sure he's safe. And if we now, need to, uh, we'll keep him away. From him. Something I would suggest is, uh, uh, do you have a safe place where you can keep all these books? Because I don't know whether they should just be left out it, in the open where someone it, can casually. I'm going to tell you my theory that I think I think it, that the reason that Quentin lost it was because he had read the book. And I think there's something about either the letters or the words that is causing some of the, some of the, the, the insanity that's happened. Well, the reason because Quentin, Quentin was, lost it, the reason Bo lost it. The re, sorry. The reason Bo lost it. Yeah. That, that Bo, Bo was fine right up until Bo read the book. And as soon as Bo, like, you know, touched the letters, that's when Bo lost it. So I'm pretty sure that Bo's, Boat, it happened to vote because of the book, because of the letters. So I'm recommending Bo never reach, like, never touch another one of those books again. Never read the oh, book. I thought, again. I, I thought you were going to never read a book. Definitely again. don't read anymore. Oh. Well, I do have this storeroom Just in the back that has a lock books. on the door. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And I think, so, I think only you and, I mean, I, I'd feel comfortable if only you and Harold had access to those. Uh, well, Harold's a little, God love him, you know, he's, he's sort of haunted by his wife. So maybe, you know, the only the most sane of us should uh, go anywhere near those books. Well, for now, let's uh, let's just lock them up and then we can we can make a judgment call as necessary. I will also put these books that I took from Gerald's in there because I, I could not make head or tail of the language, but I saw some very, very strange imagery. Oh, here, let me have a look. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just put those, put this pile of books into the storeroom, which is basically just that bookshelves, boxes of books, oddities. And then in one corner, there is like, a little table that was pushed there with um, with a bunch of jewelry making tools all just like piled on and around it in no particular order. Okay. Oh, let's uh, put a pin on on that. Uh, I've, got, I've got this hunk of gold that I would love to, if there's some way we could fashion that into a uh, something I could hang around my neck. 
because uh, apparently it glows whenever I am near a site where great violence has happened. Which is just, just, just I have a I, I have a really bad memory, especially after last night. I just want to put it out there so that you you all can help me remember. Sure. And can't you just tie like a thong around it? Did you did you say a thong? <laughs> yeah, like a leather thong. Oh yeah, let me take my thong off and I'll tie that right around it. It can both be a funny word and the right word. <laughs> Those two things are not mutually exclusive. I mean, Yaker, that does sound like a good idea. I'm here. I'm not here volunteering to to try to use any of these tools in the corner. They're not mine, and I have very little skill with them. Uh, well, I, I have a, a you know I'm fairly skillful in uh, fashioning tools that I need out in the the wilderness to make do. Uh, maybe if you, you wouldn't mind uh, letting me have a look at them later. Obviously, we have pressing concerns right yeah. now. I might be able to, you know, pinch some metal around it and wrap my thong through it. <laughs> what kind of a role would uh, jewelry, metal, thong tying be? <laughs> well, well my, I'm talking about survival. Okay. Uh, where you're, where you're able to take what's at hand and fashion it into what you need. Mm. Okay. I mean, I, I think this is pretty, um, if you really want to get technical with it, it's probably a mechanical repair, but mm -hmm. I, I think for what we're talking about, this is just kind of basic dexterity. You're, yeah. you're not trying to do anything complicated. Nothing mm -hmm. fancy. Yeah. Or we could do a mechanical, do a mechanical repair. Who's doing it? Well, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I would have to ask uh, Harold to do that for me. Like if he's I tying could, a thong, I I could I could help with that. Yeah, I have no mechanical. All right, just do basic there. dexterity then. That's fine. We'll do basic okay. dexterity. Okay, dope. I have a good dex. Oh, I have an incredible dex. Wait, Harold, are you here too? Did no, you come over? No, well, I mean, oh. uh, I probably uh, I yes, got, but I, didn't I got a nine before. out of uh, eighty. Jesus. All right, I think you're okay. You just whip it up. You thong, you thong it really well. Yep. And I tie it around my neck nice and tight. And there we go. Okay. And I tuck it away so that people don't see I've got a little nugget of gold. Sounds good. So, yeah, Emily, uh, Harold is super anxious to get on the road. Uh, so, you know, we would be there crack of dawn, if not before. Uh, but I, I just didn't want to interrupt the flow of the conversation. Okay. I I, yeah. I just wondered if I just, so are you here as we are doing all of this and you're just like chop, chop, chop guys. Uh, we could say that I just showed up. We just showed up now. Cause you know, Quentin, okay. Quentin may have wanted to, you know, he, he may have gone to check to see if the general store was open. Quentin, did you go to see if the general store was open? Yes. Well, yes what what is it that you wanted from the general uh, the, store? Oh. Some food, uh, something to ail my aching head if he has anything no, like we've that. We've got, we've got food. Yeah, I mean, I, I can give you some food and some, some aspirin. Oh, Quentin wants to go to the general store. Okay. <laughs> okay, right. and uh, Harold, we tell you about the the people that got abducted and the crazy creatures that did it, and uh, we need to. Well, I would say, Harold, are you sure? How important it is it to go save those animals versus saving those 
uh, people that got uh, swept up, snatched up, and uh, carried away. Well, I, I think that, oh, so first of all, Quentin, um, I'm going to let you go to the general store. I'm going to go get those guys and tell you, you know, immediately come and meet us or we're leaving without you. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I agree that, that that sounds pretty serious, but uh, a, a couple things come to mind. Uh, first off, what do you think are the chances of those folks actually being alive? It doesn't sound very good to me because you said that one of them was like feet sticking out of a big mouth. That that doesn't no, sound good. No, no, no. Not feet sticking out of a mouth. Feet hanging down from some sort of claws or something. Okay. Still doesn't... So carrying, carrying them away like a giant hybrid between a bat and an eagle. Yep. So carrying them away like... like like food or something it, it, and you but know, still the, the they other, are they are human beings and yeah know, but you but, can't just can't write them off but these 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 animals are innocent and uh, so were the people they well not not necessarily Pe- people uh, no, they are were, generally they were, not, oh, not no. terribly innocent harold it was a little child oh well that's you know him. That's sammy the, oh sammy. you know him oh little not sammy. not sammy yes oh he's such a good one the other one yeah, was it was, uh, it was Sammy. It was really sad when they took him away. We were really worried about him, and if we just let him get eaten and we didn't even try and help him, that's a really that could be really bad, you know. Well, now the that's... other one was that uh, mean drunk, the husband of uh, I, I don't remember Yocker, husband of what's her face there. Yeah, I, I don't even know his name because he's he just if I'd seen him, I would have probably shot at myself. But he's uh, really yeah, bad. but poor Sammy, he. We gotta gotta well, that, at least try. That's that's very true. But you know, when it when it comes down to it, the reality of the situation is that I wasn't here for that, so I'm emotionally attached to the thing that that I created. <laughs> but it's but it's Sammy. I'm I, attaching you emotionally. I, I, no, I understand that, but but I <laughs> I looked into those poor sad animals' eyes, and, and I know that they're gonna starve to death, and it, that nobody knows they're there. Nobody can rescue them, uh, but us. And and I just won't be able to live with myself if, if I don't just go and, and now, let them out of their cages. Now, uh, did you tell me about how they were like pumping stuff in for them? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you're about to ask there's the question a, I was going to ask. Yeah, there's a chance from what you told me, there's a chance <clears throat> that we might have to put them down for, you know, the sake of their, you know, sensitivity and to keep them from harming someone. You told us about how those gophers attacked you. Yeah, What's but to they, keep these that, things from attacking you. But they they were those I don't put those two things together. Um but you never know. I I suppose they they could be a similar situation there. Um Cuz you haven't finished your experiments with uh, the Lomava. Uh I remember you told me how it affected the plant. We don't know how it's affecting those animals that have been uh, exposed to it. Speaking of which, um another another night has has gone by. Has the plant changed at all keeper before I left this morning? Um, make a spot hidden on it. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) You and that spot hidden. Oh, Oh, holy shit. I actually succeeded. It's a normal success. Yeah, we should split it up into two skills. Notice, like generic notice, (laughs) and spot hidden. We're actually finding something that's hidden. Yeah, well, this, this is in terms of uh the 
it sprouted some stalks around the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be like going towards the edge of the plant. Nothing too kind of hmm. unusual, except that it is slightly unusual. Enough okay. that you notice it. Okay. It's a little and uh, yeah, Harold, I'm uh, as a player, I'm not giving you a hard time. Yeah, I no, know. I, I, I know as a player, there's the whole murder scene you want to yes. go back and, yeah. and cover up. But as a character, I'm just letting you know from my perspective mm-hmm. what I. Yeah, what I no, think. it's perfectly fair. Well, friends, it's a, it's a I hate to throw argument. a wrench in the works, but, you know, Thursday morning is the time that I visit my sister every week. And if I don't see her. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, we're talking about, you know, life and death stuff. And oh, my poor sister. But I, I just have to like table talk this. The whole reason that we left the building in the first place was to get the party back together. <laughs> and now it's going to be even more fractured. Um, all right, we've got to we've got to wrap up for the night here for a second. But I need to. I, so we'll come back. We'll pick up with y'all debating on who's going where. But I need to finish with Quentin at the general store. Okay. Whoa. Okay. And it might take about five minutes. That's but fine. and then and then we'll close up. All right, okay. So, Quentin, you arrive yeah. at the general store <laughs> and the doors closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a sign hanging on the door that says open, but it looks awfully Uh-oh. quiet inside. There's nobody moving. Oh, boy. You just as you walk up, you kind of have that spooky feel that spooky feel. Wow. I look around to see if there's anyone else out on the uh out that morning on the road or anything like that nearby. Uh, I guess it's like 5.30 in the morning in a whoring drunken town, so it's pretty quiet. Pretty slim chance of that happening. All right. And I realize the the risk of uh, going in, but this is uh, this is important, you know, without other people and such like that, so uh, I will... Uh, what type of, type of door is it? Is it, you know, something you have to push open, or can you peek in? Uh, no, it has a glass pane on the front of it. Okay, so I look through the glass pane to see if I see anything untowards or uh, a mess. Just just roll for that spot hidden. Oh, boy. Uh, 40. Yeah, I got it. All right. Uh, so you're kind of you're peeking through the window. And of course, there's barrels of grain out and other things on the back of the shelves. But what catches your eye is the, the counters off to the left hand side. And as you look down it, onto the floor on the wooden plank there's just a pile of cats i mean they're they're like kind of in a frenzy there's probably 12 maybe 15 of them (laughs) oh man they have blood on their whiskers they're fighting over his face stretching it this way and that oh boy and uh so they eat the eyeballs first (laughs) so uh at this point, it's going to be pretty obvious that he's been down for a while. So, you know, Quentin feels safe that he can go in and nothing gets pinned on him for this one. So he's oh, oh, he pushes open the door and he, uh, you know, he yells, uh, feline, feline vermin scat. And he, try, he starts getting him out of the way. And if he, uh, there's a broom nearby, he grabs a broom and starts swatting at the cat. Sure. Yeah, there would be some, I mean, it's a general store. There'd be something mm-hmm. they hiss at you, right? As you, as you approach there. <sighs> Mm. And 
and as you as you try to sweep them out of the way and there's an intimidating amount of these cats you now realize as you as you make it inside the store that he had a ton of cats and there's probably 20 or so of them on this body and as you get closer they hiss at you it's actually hard to see you assume it's his body on the floor but okay. it's really hard to see uh so I, I I try to shoo the cats away, and I, once I notice that um, Lloyd, I suppose it's Lloyd, or I don't know. Yeah. If I so, know so as you as you shoo them away, right? There's uh, there's chunks of meat out of his face, and um, he's been his clothes have been clawed through. Like I mean, the cats just got on top of him and shredded Ooh. his clothes. And then uh, a lot of exposed bone and intestines have been pulled out. And they're just, I mean, they've gone to town on him. It looks like they've been feeding on him for hours. So in the short time I've been in this town, I've heard of him. But I, do I know if Lloyd has any connections or family or any other relation? Does he live above the store? I don't know that. I don't think you would know terribly much about him. Okay. That would be Harold. Yeah, that would... yeah okay. you've only been there a couple of days. So, uh, and, and we'll do, let's say you do one more thing and then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of leave it on this, on this hanger for the night. Okay. Um, I quickly, uh, look around and grab a satchel. Okay. And I throw those items that I, I mentioned in there. Okay. Cool. Um, so add those, add those items to your inventory. Okay. Food and aspirin. No, he's yeah, sending, food he's and sending, aspirin. He's of sending course. secret messages to the keeper again. Yeah, it's probably got dynamite and what was a a, a aspirin? Aspirin? Did they have aspirin back then? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think aspirin's aspirin's been around for a while. And uh, oh, oil. Okay. Who let the crazy Uh, guy go to the general store by himself for a little bit of shopping? So well, he finds mm, Lloyd. Aspirin came into being in the late 1890s. Yep. yep. Finds oh, Lloyd really? dead. So early aspirin. <laughs> finds yeah. Lloyd dead and plunders the store and comes okay. traipsing back. All right. So we'll we'll end. We'll we'll close this episode with Quentin in the store. He's stuffed his satchel. Uh, Harold and Florence and. Uh, y'all are arguing over whether you're going to visit your sister or y'all are going back to save the animals. I think we already decided to go visit Florence's sister. Can I just give That's one interesting all fact? All of us together? Yeah. If this can be believed, um, an early painkiller that people used was opium and morphine. Or opium oh, and yeah, morphine. that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's laudum, basically, right? Laudum, yeah. yeah. Wow. Laudum. All right that's going to do it for us tonight Uh, we will see you next time under the library in the meantime you can find us at underthelibrary.com for me Michael for Scott for Wayne for Emily and Chris thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next time